right into it. Uh, let's jump right into the news articles we came across this week that we wanted to talk about. Uh, yes, and the first thing that I came across was um, acclaimed illustrator Haruhiko Mikimoto compiles his anime character design works in new book, which includes Macross, Gunbuster, and Cabinary of the Iron Fortress. Oh, now, cool. I didn't know that he did both Macross and Cap... I, I, I knew the art style was familiar, but I didn't mm -hmm. realize it was the same guy. Mm. So that's pretty amazing. It's just the, well, that's how why it felt like an old-school anime when we first started watching it. Not in the same way that... Um, that um, Megalobox, Megalobox Which is clearly like an, an homage. Mm -hmm. um, but this one had character designs of yeah, the same guy. The character so... designs were very... Mm -hmm. were, were very... Um, that's what first came drew my eye to it to make me yes. want to watch it back in the day. Yes, it, ca mm -hmm. it came from the gold. The character designs came from the golden age, and so it was kind of mm -hmm. very. It was pulling from that, but mm -hmm. to, to know that the guy who did the character designs for Macross has been working this long, doing these many things, he's made an amazing career. Uh, did they say when that book would be coming out and would be coming to the states, or is this a Japan only thing? Uh, I didn't catch whether or not that was happening. The article mostly featured what was going to be in it um, okay it's got a japanese price june 20th i'll have to check to see amazon to see if uh, amazon has a release for it um uh, a pre-order for it here in the states because this would be something that i would definitely love to get my hands on no kidding okay uh next bit of news is also um you know uh, uh another book or a couple of books um, One Piece uh, this year is going to be getting two volumes containing the chapter cover stories. Oh. Uh, One Piece has been running for quite some time. Um, it's got uh, over 900 chapters now. Um, the first issue, or the first chapter of One Piece, uh, came out in July 1997. July mm -hmm. 19th, 1997. So that's 21 years ago when One Piece started. Um, and every single chapter of One Piece, the very first page is a unique image that usually has nothing to do with the chapter beyond. Really? Um, and that's what Oda-san, uh, the mangaka for One Piece, mm -hmm. um, he, um... I remember he, one of his chapters, he did an homage to Naruto. Yeah, that, that was, that was the week that Naruto, uh, ended. And, and so, so the two of them were sharing a bowl of ramen. Yeah, so Luffy and you didn't see Naruto's face because it was covered. I think it was by Nami because Nami was acting as the waitress for this little bar that they were in. It, it, it was an uh, homage. Uh, it was an homage, not, not a bar, not a bar, but uh, right. a restaurant, little you yeah. know, hole in the wall restaurant, a dive. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, but a lot of times he'll use those to tell stories of things that are going on in the background. Oh, interesting. Like, um, when uh, Luffy was separated from his crew mm -hmm. um, and went to go fight the Marines to try to save his brother's life, um, he used the cover, the chapter covers uh, to uh, kind of tell you what was going on with the what other Straw Hat Pirates, so just elsewhere. one page at a time elsewhere. And then after Luffy defeated Enel, who was, was self-proclaimed a god of lightning and thunder mm -hmm. in the Skypiea arc... Um, I don't exactly remember when, but there was another, uh, or when it started, but there was another arc series showing Anel afterwards. Mm -hmm. And then there's another one that, uh, Buggy the Pirate, I don't know, you don't know how far you got into uh, One I, Piece. I didn't get m very far into One Piece, okay. it requires a lot more dedication than yeah. I can afford at the moment. Buggy the Clown, he has the ability to, it's called the Chop Chop Fruit is what he ate, and right. so he can separate his body into other pieces yeah. and have them move independently of their own. Yeah. Um, well, he, uh, 
was defeated by Luffy uh, and Nami um, working together to defeat him. Um, Luffy, or he, he separated himself, and without realizing it, Nami took all the other pieces except for his his hands, feet, and his head, um, and tied them all into a bundle. And then Luffy used his gum gum bazooka, kind of his signature finishing move. Yeah. Uh, at least for the first while, his signature, uh, his signature, signature finishing, finishing move. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, he used that to launch Buggy away. And then for a while, we see, uh, for for several chapters after that, we see the adventures of of Mini Buggy, um, of his of and how he gets his body pieces back and some friends and stuff that he made. And those were actually made into episodes in the anime. Um, that could be considered filler, but I don't consider them filler because they're canon, because Oda actually drew it for the manga. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just rather than seeing a page at a time, we get a couple episodes at a time. Yeah. But anyways, there are so many of those one-page uh, chapter openers, uh-huh. uh, chapter cover stories, that they are releasing two volumes containing each one. <laughs> That's amazing. Mm-hmm. They're That's the size amazing. of re- the regular manga, so you can go ahead and put them with the rest of your collection. Uh-huh. Um, one piece is a collection I've been intending to get uh, more of. But yeah, it's called um, One Piece Doors. And the first one is going to be June 4th. The next one is going to be July 4th. I'm not sure if there's going to be an American release, but considering how popular One Piece is here in the States, um, I would not be surprised if we got a american release of this oh i sure hope they do and it would make a lot it would make a lot of financial sense for them to do it this oh, is yeah. one of the this anime has been one of the big four for so long that it's just you know international sales are going to do the big four does you mean the big three is it three now i well i could have sworn it was always the big three it was naruto one piece and uh, bleach and now naruto and bleach are over yeah so it's just kind of one piece that's kind of the big one okay. i mean we still have like hunter x hunter that's right. another really big one that's ongoing gintam's a big one that's that is ongoing but they've never reached the level of popularity as they did here in the states right um and hunter x hunter is also um is also really really well known for taking long hiatuses mm. um Nowhere near as long as uh, as Berserk, but anyways. <laughs> yeah, I was actually watching a video on Berserk earlier today, and it says, Berserk, which is currently in hiatus, and depending on when you watch this video, that might still be true. It's, I don't think it's a hiatus any longer. No, I, no it, sure it, it isn't. Chapters, so. But it's just one of those on-running, ongoing gags. That is one that is sadly a... is Mostly because a lot of the content, it's very adult, very, very mature. Mm. And I prefer more of the lighthearted stuff sure. when it comes to anime. Sure. Um, but at the same time, I feel like there's a big hole in my anime knowledge, my anime experience, simply because, um, you know, I'm missing out on Berserk. So I'm toying with picking up the mangas and stuff mm. um, just so I can go ahead and fill those gaps. Um, Anyways, that's uh, so that's the news that we have for One Piece. And after that, some absolutely hysterical news that I came across. Oh, do tell. <laughs> the Cowboy Bebop Cafe in Japan. We talked about this before. I think that this it may have been one of our early test episodes when we were still trying to kind of get our format down and whatnot. Sure. Um, the Happy Sugar Life. Um, sorry, I apologize. Um, oh, did I? I think I gave us the... Yeah, I gave us the wrong link there. Huh. Let's go ahead and try to find the correct one. Yeah, but according to the uh, the title, while you're looking this up, apparently mm-hmm. what's going on is a cafe in Japan is now a cowboy bebop themed and is serving all the 
quote-unquote bad food from the, the show. For the 20th anniversary... Okay, I found it. I found it. I don't know how I got the wrong link, but um, it's for fans of Cowboy Bebop, they know that Spike and friends, they... Um, here, let me go ahead and uh, copy this and just go ahead and send it to you. All right. Um, so you can go ahead and take a look at it. Um, but... Here, I'll go ahead and put it on the dock. All right. Anyways, um, there we go. People who are fans of Cowboy Bebop are very, very much aware of the fact that as as great as the characters are, um, they don't get to eat very well. Yeah, that was an, that was an ongoing thing for them. Is that food was sacred. Because they because they couldn't get it too often. They also taught us the very very important message of cleaning out the fridge every now and then. Oh, um, but um, it's almost as if it was made for that uh, mm -hmm. Weird Al music video. Oh gosh. Anyways, anyways, so um, they have a dish um called bell peppers and beef. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, they can never afford beef, so usually it's just the bell peppers. So they're eating mm -hmm. just bell peppers. Yeah. Um. Then there is, uh, like, there's a dish inspired by the Mushroom Samba episode where um, they get drugged by yes. eating bad mushrooms. Yep. Um, yep. These mushrooms will not send you on a psychedelic trip. Um, but there's a, there's a dish uh, theme with that. It's just like a mushroom burger. Uh -huh. um, but, yeah. Um, the fridge monster from episode 11 was also a dish that could be eaten. Although, in reality, it, the inside of it is just coffee jelly. Instead of anything otherworldly. I mean, you can eat it. It's palatable. I mean, it's not like they're serving you disgusting food. Um, no, but uh, the, Japan does have... Well, J we, we've seen some interesting things on Japan. There was that mm -hmm. uh, that game show where... Is, is it fake or chocolate? Like, it, like they had to bite a shoe and either it was a chocolate perfect replica of a shoe... Or it was an actual shoe and you couldn't tell until you've bitten it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a Japanese game show. It's either yeah. a chocolate shoe or a real shoe and you don't know until you bite into it. Yes. Uh, that's Japan for you. But anyways... I, uh, saw, I saw a recent video that was kind of like that where somebody um, took an actual ashtray, filled it with um, a cream base, sprinkled it with uh, black and gray chocolate ash... Mm -hmm. And then um, took white chocolate, dyed it orange, and basically made an ashtray full of um, what looked like cigarette butts and ashes, but it was actually completely edible. It was a chocolate dessert. I saw once where somebody so... scooped out a jar of mayonnaise, cleaned it out and everything, and they replaced the contents with, um, with vanilla uh, pudding. Pudding. And it was just yellowish enough to make you think that it was mayonnaise. And they went around, you know, putting a spoon in and uh -oh. eating a mouthful of, of vanilla yogurt, which is delicious. But as soon as you see them eating it from a jar of mayonnaise, you're just like, well, what are you doing? I, I, I couldn't be in the same room as this person. <laughs> Anyways, as much as I'd love to go visit this, uh, uh, this cafe, they've got a bunch of memorabilia and stuff, like some um, pictures signed by... Uh, the cast and crew, uh, stuff signed by the artists, little figurines and things you can buy. Um, it's only good until June 10th, and there's no way I'm going to be able to afford to buy a ticket between now and June 10th to go to Japan to go to this cafe. That's that sad, fun. but unfortunately, that's just the way it is. Uh, but I really, really hope anybody who's had the chance to go to it really, really enjoys themselves, because that seems mm -hmm. like a whole lot of fun, especially for fans of Cowboy Bebop. 
Yeah. Uh, the last bit of news we have uh, rolling up here is um, the Sony Interactive Entertainment CEO recently announced that he expects the PS4 to enter, quote, the final phase of its life cycle. Mm-hmm. Now, anybody with basic understanding of um, uh, console marketing, the life cycle of a console is they've, they, they put out the next generation, all of the early adopters buy it, Mm-hmm. And then, and so that causes a spike in sales, and then mm-hmm. over time, sales continue to diminish until it comes to a point mm-hmm. where it's reached what's called market saturation, and anybody who is going to buy a PS4 has already bought a PS4, mm-hmm. and so they can't expect to really sell more units, mm-hmm. and that's kind of where we're reaching with the, mm-hmm. the PS4. It has reached its market saturation point, and they're going to still continue making games for it and continue making content and updates and the like, mm-hmm. but they're just they're they're preparing to not sell more units. I've, seen, I've I've also seen uh, articles saying that you know they're still planning on you know. Um, like the PS5 won't even be released for three more years. Yeah, they're so, still pushing the VR end of things. Yeah, so yeah, they're still trying to do a lot. And, of that. and they're doing a lot. They're still but, making content, but they just don't expect mm-hmm. a lot more sales of the console itself. Well, and the PlayStation 4 has already done what it's promised to do. They wanted to extend the the cycle of of consoles, um, and we're still seeing amazing games that seem to be scratching the surface of what the PlayStation 4 can do. God of, Especially well, with the God PS4 War. Pro coming out. Yeah, well, that's, well, that's already out. Yeah, yeah. Well, God of Four, God, God of War. War. Sorry, yes. uh, Yahtzee called it God of Four in his review, and so I've, I <laughs> slip that every once in a while. But yes. um, God of War, Dad of War, Dad of War. Yeah, God of War. It's fantastic, you know. And we mm-hmm. rarely see games on that level on the PS4. Mm-hmm. Um, but they wanted to extend the life cycle of consoles because you remember back in the day, usually it was five years yeah, and, and then the new console would come out. Yep. Mm-hmm. And the problem was that there wasn't a whole lot of backwards compatibility anyway. No, that no. Technology but kept throwing... the PlayStation 4 came out November 15th, 2013 here in the States. And, so and then I think it was, I think, uh, it was February 2014 for Japan, so we actually got it before Japan, which is really, 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 really surprising. Mm. Um, but that's already, you know, almost five years for the life cycle. So, so, it sounds like they okay. So they they shipped it to us just before, just in time for our Christmas season. Yep. So that that was smart on their part. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know making sure that they got enough revenue to continue production. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. But no, the um, but yeah. So we're looking on f- coming up to five years here for the PS4, and it's yeah. still going strong. No hints of the PlayStation Five yet. Um, as long as Sony keeps uh, focusing on what they've been doing for E3 and stuff, which is focusing on the games and things for the system, yeah. I think we're going to get several more years out of the PlayStation Four, like Sony's been saying. Oh, I hope so, so. I do hope so. Yeah, it's because you don't want to have to buy a PlayStation <laughs> Five anytime soon. I bought myself a PS Four as a graduation gift when I. Uh got my degree back in the spring of 2015 Mm -hmm. and so i was a late adopter that had been out for a couple years by Mm -hmm. that point well i only got mine in uh no i think you got yours in 2016 didn't you because i got mine in 2015 no i got mine spring of 2015 when i graduated it was my graduation present to myself okay okay because i ordered the uh 
Well, anyways, I got but a special. You, but you've already had consoles. a PS3 for a long time, and mm-hmm. and you ordered a special one with a special case. If I yeah, I got I got the uh, Arkham Knight edition. It's the silver case yeah, uh, I, with silver controller, and it's got Batman etched onto it and stuff. Yeah, I and got, I'll probably wait for a special edition for the PS5 rather than being an early adopter. Sure. Um, but yeah, no, that's kind of the the news we wanted to cover. Other than, I mean. I got Hyrule Warriors this last week for the Switch, and it's fantastic, and <laughs> Dark Souls uh, Remastered is coming out on Friday, and I'm very excited for that one as well. Uh, anyways, yeah, so how about uh, we wrap up in the news portion and get into three episodes in? Because that's what everybody's here to listen to anyway. Is it? I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know. I don't. <laughs> you tell I, us what you like. At this point, I don't even know if anybody's listening to us. But uh, anyways, uh, this week for three episodes in, um, we have Legend of the Galactic Heroes. And in German, it's Die Neue Thies. Mm-hmm. In English, that translates into The New Thesis. The New Thesis. Mm-hmm. So I looked up what the translation was for that. Okay, so, so this is a modern remake of a, I want to say 70s or 80, early 80s Let me go and look classic. up the release date for the original. Because I saw some footage for the original, and it very much screamed of right around the Macross era of, mm-hmm. of anime releases. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, it was just a, a clip in a montage, but I could tell that it was these characters and this show based on... Mm-hmm. All, uh, just the, the refinement of the character design, and they just they they modernized these character designs, so it's very clearly, mm-hmm. very clearly the late the, this decade, twenty eighteen. Um, well, <clears throat> but uh, so the uh, ser- the original series uh-huh. um, was eighty eight to ninety seven. Eighty eight to ninety seven. Okay. Mm-hmm. But that's the original 26 episodes and then another 27 through 110. So it's a, the entire series is 110 episodes. Okay. So I don't know how many really they released a year. And but they also like... have multiple films. And then they have another series was, that was 98 to 2000 mm-hmm. of, of uh, 52 episodes. Okay. Several manga series. And then now we've got the original... Um, the original... Or the, the, the remake of the original... Um, which is, you know, um, the Legend of the Galactic Heroes Dynethes. Yeah, that which, which is what we're reviewing right now. Yep, that's what we are watching. That's what we've watched. We've watched the third, okay. first three episodes of this, so you guys don't have to. Okay. But really, so, you should. Now, the first thing I noticed is, even just while waiting for it to load up, the character design, uh, the, the uniforms, reminded me very strongly of the generals from uh, the first season of Sailor Moon. Mm-hmm. And it just... You I really like that. Well, I like the character. I like the design. <laughs> I like the design. That uh, that very regal looking uh, mm-hmm. uniform. Mm-hmm. And so it uh, it just <laughs> I liked it. Okay. <laughs> Accusing me of being a nerd on this show. I know, right? Call. I mean, you know how serious it is when I call you a nerd. Mm. So uh, the show starts off. As a space battle is about to begin mm-hmm. between two forces, and we're shown the battle from the point of view of the commander of the uh, Galactic Imperial Fleet, the Golden Bomb Dynasty of the Galactic Empire, and the commander of the fleet, the High Admiral, is Reinhardt von Lohengram. Lohengram. Yep. Uh, and so it's through his point of view um, as they are. Uh, 
going into battle. And something I absolutely adored is that as they were going back and forth, they they bombard you with a lot of information. They give you the names and ranks of people and ships in text over and over mm-hmm. again throughout. And sometimes they, and it's nice because they actually do reiterate from time to time as well. Because if you've been reintroduced to this character more than once, mm-hmm. they're, like, it, it, they, they're kind of aware that you're not going to get it all the first pass. Uh-huh. And so that, that's kind of nice. But I was actually paying attention to the ship names. And what's interesting is how the... Um, the Galactic Empire ship names were all Norse-based, like uh, the Brunhild and the Heimdall and the Minerva, whereas mm-hmm. and the Hyperion, whereas mm-hmm. um, the, uh, the the their opposition, the Alliance's ships were all Greek-based: the Leonidas, mm-hmm. the Permagon, mm-hmm. the Patroclus, mm-hmm. and. Um, and I just really liked the the consistency in the. Uh, oh no no that's that's something that I noticed as well. Um, the first episode is uh, the Empire fighting um, a group of um, a group. They're outnumbered by a group of ships uh, yes. by several fleets of the uh, Feder- Let me go ahead and pull up the name here. The uh, Free Planets Alliance. The Alliance of Free Planets. Yeah, Free and, and we learned that these people uh, originally broke away from the Empire around uh, near when it was first formed. The Empire's been around several hundred years they, now. They say that they've been in perpetual war for the last 150 years. 150 years. Mm-hmm. Um, but they broke away. Um, and we can go and get into that later. But the, um, that's why the two are fighting. The Empire yes. sees them as rebels. And they're trying to fight for their own individual freedom. Right. Um, but and now, now the um, what, what's interesting is how now, now the tactics in this first episode are really smart because the uh, the alliance ships outnumber them two to one, mm-hmm. but they split themselves up into three units with the intention of making a surra- of surrounding them of surrounding and, them mm-hmm. and, and a pincer move. And Which so is something they did in a previous battle yes, and was called, able to decimate the Empire in this battle. Yeah, they call it the Massacre of uh, Davos or something, something like the that. The Massacre mm-hmm. of Davos or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're trying to recreate the that event um, when the uh, the young commander, uh, Reinhardt, um, orders his fleet to charge the middle group at, just as they're splitting apart. And so the middle group would be isolated, and the individual groups themselves have fewer ships than he does. So he outnumbers the groups, but not the whole. And so yeah. he's assaulting the groups one by one. But he does more than that. He cuts their communication, scrambles their ability to... like They, they have uh, ship links where you know one ship controls multiple ships, yes. so they're all moving as one. And he scrambles all that information, so uh, the uh, the alliance or the the free planet alliance, um, they uh, yeah the free planets alliance, um, they're just in total chaos, and he just completely decimates the fleets. But yes. before that, I was going to go ahead and talk about the names of the people in the empire versus the names of the people versus the free planets, which right. you, you you interrupted me when I was trying to do that. Okay, but it's okay. Don't worry about it. Um, but anyways, um. The everybody in the empire, they all have German names, right? And they have German ranks. Like the leader of the empire, he's the Kaiser. Which yes. anybody who's familiar with uh, German history, that's actually the the person who ruled the Germanic Empire during and before World War One. Yes, a Kaiser. Um, whereas in the 
the fleet for the Free Planets Alliance, mm-hmm. um, they all have English, Chinese, and you know other names from other parts of the world. Right. So to me, I'm seeing this as being kind of uh, inspired by the events of World War One. Yes, where one and it's really really interesting to be able to know who's some well, the side that somebody's on just by their name. Yeah. And I really I like the consistency we've seen so far in that. And we're probably going to see, um, you know, political turmoil and people switching sides and things like that. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it, it has a very Dune feel to it, where we've got the different houses and different nobilities and different mm-hmm. people of different alliances. And even within a given space, that there seems to be mm-hmm. intrigue and, mm-hmm. pe- and betrayal and people trying to overthrow one another for, mm-hmm. for favor to the emperor and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I I do enjoy it when stories have that level of depth. Yeah, yeah. I'm really enjoying this so far. But anyways, so, the, um, um, let me get his name up again. Uh, Reinhard, uh, the Admiral, he's got a friend. Mm-hmm. Um, a guy with, uh, Reinhard's got bright uh, golden hair. His friend has red hair. Uh, Siegfried Kreechester, uh, however you pronounce his name. I'm yeah. horrible pronouncing German names. Um, Siegfried, but, but he doesn't call him <laughs> Siegfried. He calls him by his last name. Yes. Um, but Reinhard um, <clears throat> is talking to the other admirals, and all of them think that his plan is insane. They don't want to have anything to do with it, but because he's in charge, he tells them to do it. Yes. And so they go along with it. Um, and they complain that, oh, the only reason he's in charge of this fleet is because of how close his sister is to the Kaiser and all this backbiting and stuff like that. And he proves them all wrong just by completely decimating the first two fleets as if they were nothing. Yeah. They don't have a single loss at that point. Um, and then they get to the third fleet. And as they're fighting the third fleet, we get uh, a message. And they listen to that message. And the message comes from a, uh, a Commodore who is below the fleet captain, uh, fleet admiral, um, mm-hmm. on the command ship. And the, the command ship was the Patroclus. The Patroclus. Um, but Wait. yeah, com- the message comes from Commodore Yang Wenli. Yes. Or Yang Wenli. I'm, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Yang Wenli. Yang yeah. Wenli. Mm-hmm. And so he uh, he sends out a message. And what's that message? He says um, the ships a- the the ship admiral has been injured. He has assigned me command of the fleet. Don't worry. If you obey my orders, I will get you out of this alive. You'll get out of this alive, and we will win. And we will win. And the Admiral Reinhardt hears that, and he's just like, seriously, they have somebody that cocky on their side? And so they do this plan where they decide to go ahead and just decimate the rest of the fleet by doing a screw, uh, corkscrew maneuver. Corkscrew maneuver. Where all their ships just form into kind of a spearhead, and they just ram the enemy fleet just to go ahead and and destroy it. Now, what was I? Well, something I really liked about the technology they used to show this anime is they did a whole lot of 3D stuff with the ships, mm-hmm. but watching these just fields, uh, depth of fields of ships moving in unison and just doing all of these neat things really b- brought about what could be done with anime these days that couldn't have been done in the 80s when this first came out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, 
Yeah, no. Um, they like everybody who I brought online who's talked about this says that yeah, they vastly improved it. That being said, there are people who still prefer the charm of the old animation compared to what oh, they course. do with this. And, there, there will always be. Oh yeah, yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. There's always going to be, and I still want to watch see the original just to see what it's like. Sure. Um, but so they do this corkscrew maneuver, and. They dive into the enemy fleet. The Empire dives into the Alliance's fleet. In an effort to break them. In an effort to break them. And they're decimating them as they're going through, blowing up multiple enemy ships and stuff. And then suddenly Reinhardt realizes that something's off. It's going too smoothly. It's going too perfectly. Yeah. And then he stands up and he realizes something. And that's the end of the episode. I absolutely adored the cliffhanger at the end of this episode because he realizes something has gone wrong. And we don't know what. Mm-hmm. And this bring okay. Oh no, that's not the end of the episode. Yeah. The end of the episode is him standing up, going, "What?" Uh, realizing something's wrong, and then it cuts to the back of Yang as he smooths his hair and okay. puts his hat on, puts his beret back on, puts yes. his beret back on. That's where the episode ends. You're just like, ooh. Before this, though, um, Reinhardt and his friend Siegfried are talking, and Siegfried or and uh, Siegfried says, "Well, I can't help but wonder if the." Uh, if the Alliance will have a soldier just as skilled as you are. And Sorry, Reinhardt, you have the weirdest odd thoughts. You have the weirdest odd thoughts. And then Sigf- and Reinhardt just says, that being said, if they if they do have a man like that, I would very much like to meet him and test myself against him. Mm-hmm. You know? And that's and that is exactly what ends up happening in this episode. Yes, as soon is. as they said that, I was just like, hmm, that's not a loaded gun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. But um, he... Uh, he uh, and that's where the episode ends. And then episode two mm-hmm. gives us the same battle from the point of view of the alliance. Yes, we we watch incompetent generals fail to um, adhere to warning signs, and well, well, they they were expecting an easy victory. They were using a, yeah. a tried and true strategy that had worked before. They were not. And if the enemy admirals had done what they intended to... If the... I'm sorry, not enemy. Imperial admirals had done mm-hmm. what they intended to do, then that would have been the... Uh, that would have worked. But they were going up against somebody who was not going to do that. Right. Mm-hmm. And which resulted in massive casualties. Yep. After the end of the battle, we learned that they lost ten ships to one. Yeah. They lost ten alliance ships to for every one imperial ship. Uh, which is just a complete rout. Yeah. You know, like the phrase, uh, no quarter, do you know where that phrase comes from? Um, I'm pretty sure it came from the expression that once one quarter of your enemy, mm-hmm. once one quarter of your army dies, it says, all right, we've had enough fighting for the day. You win, you, we'll you go win. home. Because okay. if more people than that died, then they wouldn't be able to sustain their country. They wouldn't have a population. They needed to have so many men. Mm-hmm. Working farms, working fields. Mm-hmm. Just, so to soon, give to give quarter is to allow to a surrender out of one quarter. To give no quarter is to kill to the last man. To give no quarter is to kill to the last man. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, this uh, yeah they gave them no quarter. They just decimated them. Um, Which is another funny expression, but go on. Mm-hmm. Anyways, anyways, um, we get it from their point of view, and we see it from the point of view of the captains. And the Commodores of the Alliance fleet, and they mm-hmm. get destroyed, not knowing, still not really knowing what's going on. Yeah. And this is where we learn that their communications have been interrupted and stuff like that. We don't learn any of that stuff from Episode 1. We learn it from Episode 2 from their point of view. Yeah. 
Um, the first fleet gets destroyed pretty quickly. Then they go and they, uh, the enemy or the empire goes and uh, continues with their momentum, goes through and, the and wreckage of the enemy fleet and, and turns and attacks the the uh, the another fleet. Mm-hmm. Um, the center, left, right, as well. Yes. I'll go ahead and say uh, because that's all we see on the map. And then right. they go ahead and they go and they attack the right fleet from behind. And they, and they numbered them like two, four, and six. The second, fourth, and sixth fleet is what they call. I them. didn't write. I didn't keep and, notes of and, who, and so he decimated the, the fourth was... fleet. Came up on the the flank of the sixth fleet. Mm-hmm. The second fleet is who had the. Uh, who had um, Yang? Yang, but and Yang's. Uh, we see Yang um, speaking with his friend, who's the second in command of the Sixth Fleet. Yes, um, who is a childhood friend of his, um, or like they meet each other. We learn. I haven't seen episode four yet, but I read right. the preview for episode four. Um, and this something the series is doing so far is every other episode that you switch perspective. You see one side, then you see the other. One side, and then the other. Yeah. Episode just... three is the is the story of Reinhardt and uh, and, and, and their Sif- rise to power Sifiot and their rise to power. And, yeah. Well, not really the rise to power, but the beginning of the rise to power. It's their history mm-hmm. and their establishing of their goal. Yep. It's their it's their goal. It's how they became friends. It's why they do what they're doing. Yes. Um. And then episode three is the exact same thing for Yang. Now, I noticed something. Or episode four. Yeah. Episode four. And did you notice the difference in the ending credits? Yes, I did. Uh, so what depending happened on what the... side we're seeing the story from, there's a mural. Go, go, go ahead. Go ahead. It's your thing. You, <laughs> yes, you started yes. it. So, yeah. yeah so, so, so I'm watching the first episode, and I see the mural padding by, and it start, starts on the Imperial side, and it kind of finishes over and ends on Yang. So it goes mm-hmm. from Sig, no, not Sig, it goes from uh, Reinhardt and goes all the way over to Yang, and so we're seeing the and just a plethora of characters in the middle, including one that reminds me of uh, um, what's his name, uh, Cyan from uh, mm-hmm. Final Fantasy VI. He's got the ponytail and the goatee and oh, yeah, 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 shout, yeah. shouting, mm-hmm. and his uh, character design remind me of him. Um, and uh, about. At the end of the se- by the second episode, when the, everything is about the alliance side of things, it starts. The panning starts from uh, the side of Yang, the and then side goes of Yang the goes the other way, and then ends up on Reinhardt. And I wasn't paying attention to it very well at first, but then I realized the panning was going the other. I, I just noticed something was off because the panning went one way, and it was going the other way of the second episode. So I actually rewound it to verify, and I actually went back to the first episode and the credits again, just mm-hmm. verifying like. This is something they're doing. And then the end of episode three, once again, it's Reinhardt's side. And I assume in episode yeah. four, it's going to be Yang's side. And it's so, just going to go mm-hmm. switching back and forth, kind of like um, what uh, Brandon Sanderson did with Elantris, where every third chapter is about a different char- is uh, about a main character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's going to be bouncing forth between these two. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so, uh, the, the sixth fleet with his friend uh, John Lapp, Yes, yeah. gets decimated. Yeah, um, and then it goes to um, Yang, uh, and Yang is trying to give tactical advice to his um, to his commander, mm-hmm. and his commander says no. Uh, with uh, he says we need to withdraw. We need to uh, we need to fight defensively, um, and his commander says no. We're going to go. And help the fourth fleet because they need our aid. He's like, they're already destroyed. Yeah, and you won't be able to get to them. We're not going to be able to get them in time. They're they're gone. 
uh, but the commander refuses to listen to him, and he goes to the fourth uh, to the fourth fleet's location, where they meet up with the enemy fleet again, who mm-hmm. is fresh from destroying the sixth fleet. Yes, and they start a battle, um, and begin to just destroy the second fleet. Yes, uh, the second fleet. They. Um, the second fleet. Yes. <laughs> there's a car going on just there. Oh, fine. They um they get attacked. Um their command ship gets hit, and the uh, the commander gets uh, almost killed and sent to sick bay. Mm-hmm. And then we see some of the cool technology that they have inside of the ship, where they've got robots going and repairing things. So there's no um oh, you know, there, there's no, like, leaks, no vacuum out into space. Yeah, yeah, they mm-hmm. sealed up the they ship. They sealed up the ship. Mm-hmm. And then we see Yong, um, even before the fight, Yong started doing something, started typing something into the computer. Yes. Um, and, but during the fight, he then tells everybody... To turn on channel C4. Turn on channel C4. Because he had pre- he he had anticipated something that he hoped wouldn't be necessary, pre-programmed in the ability to take command of the fleet, and did it in a way that if they were being monitored and they couldn't secure their own communication system, that the message turned to channel C four would not give away the plan of what they were going to do. To yeah, the enemy. it was an internal channel, um, and because it was already broadcast, they couldn't intercept it, mm-hmm. so the enemy wouldn't know what they were trying to do, but. Turns out what the plan was, uh, he, uh, he he let the he anticipated the enemy ramming them with the corkscrew maneuver and had pre-programmed the the evasive maneuvers necessary to. I don't know so much pre-programmed them, but told the crew told them what to do because yeah. he said as long as everybody does what they're supposed to, we'll be fine. Right. So I don't think he pre-programmed anything. He just because I think he just sent them the plan and their orders for what they needed to do. Right. So he told he sent the plan and told him what to do, and as soon as the enemy is in the center of them, the fleet divides up and then surrounds them and starts shooting the empire, and flanking them, and flanking them, and then it goes to uh, it cuts back to Reinhardt. Reinhardt sees that it was a trap, yes, and someone says, "What are you going to do, sir? Should we turn around and engage?" And he says, "Do you think I'm going to do what that fool in the sixth fleet did?" Referring to the fact that the Sixth Fleet, rather than going and trying to take a sharp turn around and meeting them, uh-huh. stopped where they were and did a complete about pace, which yeah. made them sitting ducks as they turned, and they were just completely decimated by the Empire. Right. And so he orders his fleet to go to full speed ahead, and they end up doing this donut maneuver, mm-hmm. where they're where they're attacking each other's flanks simultaneously yep. in a perpetual corkscrew. And it becomes spin. a battle of attrition, and both he and Yang realize it. Yep. Um, this is what Yang planned to make it a battle of attrition. It was the only way to win is to make the other fleet want to stop engaging. Mm-hmm. And so they um, both fleets broke off at the same time and went in their own perspective, in their own way, respective ways, their yeah. own respective ways. And uh, episode two ends with uh, the alliance being able to prevent an invasion of one of their systems, yep. even though, and that's where we learned they lost ten ships to one. They lost ten ships to one, but successfully deflected the uh, imperial uh, fleet. Yep, which was a success on their point. But meanwhile, decimating so many of the enemy forces was a worthwhile, was a close enough to a worthwhile victory that 
Reinhardt got the promotion of becoming fleet, the fleet admiral. Fleet admiral. Yeah, he went from being high admiral to fleet admiral. So he in is charge now, of half the he's fleet. He's in charge of half the fleet, and he's appointed that by the Kaiser. By the Kaiser personally. Mm-hmm. And we get a scene where we see some of the um, we see some of the uh, the story of the Empire. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see that originally the uh, the Empire um, was once a United Federation of Planets. Yeah. And then someone who was president of this Federation of Planets also became prime minister through his charismatic leadership. And through his leadership, he became the first emperor. He declared himself emperor of all humankind throughout mm-hmm. the galaxy. And established the first galactic empire. Yep. And in the totalitarian state that, and was a tyrant. And in the totalitarian state that he created, there is a statue in his honor. And guess the statue has camera eyes. Yep. Watching anybody who looks up at the statue. Before that, though, I wanted to point out they do a brilliant thing of kind of pointing out the bloody history of the empire with just a single line, where one of the captains who's speaking with Siegfried in this. He's rubbing his eyes and he says, I'm sorry, my cybernetic eyes Yeah, that's, are... that, that's the beginning of episode three this happens. Well, yeah, yeah, but it's... Yeah, go on. Yeah. Um, and he's rubbing his eyes, saying, my cybernetic eyes are giving me issues. And he says, yeah. if I had been born during the time of the first Kaiser, um, I probably would have been killed by his... Uh, eugenics program. With his eugenics programs. Yeah. By, by his, uh, his programs to, you know, destroy the weak or, genetics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Er- eradicate weak genes, yes. Mm-hmm. We can see what kind of a tyrant he was. Yeah. And when he died, uh, people rebelled up against the Empire, but the Empire had such a strong foundation that the Empire remained. Yes. And it was around that time, I think, that people, that a group of people broke away and formed their own federation, their own... Um, right. Did you happen to write down the Emperor's full title? Like, he was somebody the fourth, the 36th Emperor. Yes, uh, Frederick the Fourth, 36th Kaiser of the Galactic Empire. That's what I... Th- I, I knew mm-hmm. I got those numbers right, but yeah, yep. Frederick... Frederick the Fourth, thirty sixth Kaiser of the Galactic Empire. He is the that is a Kaiser. very that is a very German title. Mm-hmm. And we learn through the perspective because uh, this episode's a flashback episode. After yes. this point, um, we learn through Siegfried that he was you know commoner peasant living in a pretty nice little town, and he goes to school or and he comes home one day and he sees that the near the next door manor has been purchased. And some yes. nobles have moved in. And some low-level nobles, yeah. And he meets uh, Reinhardt as a child, and he meets Anna, Anne Rose, Anne Rose, yeah. who is, Reinhardt, who is uh, Reinhardt's older sister. Yes. And he immediately falls in love with her. <laughs> immediately. Um, she, uh, like, he and um, uh, Reinhardt, Siegfried and Reinhardt become fast friends because yeah. uh, Rein, uh, Siegfried... Being a noble going to a commoner school, a group of bullies uh, try to uh, try to single him out, try to single him out and beat him up. And Reinhardt learns about, or Siegfried learns about this and goes after him. Runs to runs runs to his aid. Runs to his aid, and we see Reinhardt standing there, surrounded by what is left of the bullies' belongings, and he just says, (laughs) "Well, that's probably going to teach them to never bother me again." As he's, and he's gotten, as he's like tossing down a rock or something that he was something. holding on to. Just, just, we don't even see what carnage he wrought mm-hmm. on these boys. But his uniform is dirty and he sees, oh, my sister's probably going to cry when she sees this. And mm-hmm. then Reinhardt comes, or Siegfried, my apologies, comes up with the idea 
uh, with an idea. We don't see what it is, but they're inside of Reinhardt's house next, drinking some hot drinks and wrapped up in blankets. And the sister says, I can't believe you boys fell into the fountain like that. <laughs> so, yeah, it was uh, Siegfried's quick thinking that kept Reinhardt from hurting his sister's, breaking his sister's heart. Yes. And so, you know, no, nothing makes you thick as thieves quite as much as sharing a lie. Mm-hmm. But his sister then gets bought by the kaiser yes um we don't know what that we can guess what that implies but we're not sure if that uh like if he just buys her as one of his mistresses or something I'm, we're not sure i yeah i'm not 100 sure if she is wife concubine mistress or they some never other... they have not come out and said what it is yet but it's it will come to, up it will come up eventually yeah for sure it's really upset both Reinhardt and Siegfried, and Reinhardt disappears for a little while, and when we see him again, he's in a cadet uniform, he's joined the cadet academy, and he says, Siegfried, come with me, and Siegfried remembers that uh, just as Anne Rose is going away with, you know, with in the this Kaiser's. fancy car and the yeah. Kaiser's men, uh, she says to Siegfried, take care of Reinhardt, make sure he's okay. And so, in his commitment to her, he agrees completely, and... And does everything in his power to to both obey Reinhardt, but also keep Reinhardt safe, even from himself. Mm-hmm. And then they both rise. Uh, they're they're both outcasts um, because one's a low noble, the other's a commoner. Yes. Um, at, the, at this academy, but that just makes them closer to each other. And, they, and there's other students at this academy that are just absolutely horrific. They're, they're the children of nobles. They did nothing to earn their place in the world. They're riding their servants for fun. As horses. They're just, they're just horrible children. Yep. And they graduate as the top two in their class. Yes. Reinhardt as the valedictorian and uh, Siegfried as the salutorian. Mm-hmm. So the top two in their class, they graduate. Um, and that's that night... That Siegfried, that uh, Reinhardt tells Siegfried something tells him his plan, mm-hmm. but we don't see that plan until the end of the episode, um, because uh, because of his appointment as the uh, the fleet admiral, mm-hmm. he now has the authority to visit his sister, and yeah. so he and uh, Reinhardt and Siegfried go and visit his sister, and she's doing well. Um, she sends uh, Reinhardt off to go on some errand to go grab a bottle of wine that she got, yes. and she talks with. Uh, Siegfried quietly asking him how Reinhardt's doing and stuff. Yeah. Um, it's a pretty cute scene where we and, see that they're... Yeah. And, and Reinhardt comes back complaining about, you could have put this in a bit more obvious of a place. Yeah, so Clearly she, she hid it so that she'd have more time to talk to him. Yeah, she hid it so she'd have more time to talk to him. To talk, it, to talk it's, to one of those, it's one of those beautiful subtleties mm-hmm. that you, that's just great to pick up on. Yep. But she, uh, well, and then they, they have a, a good conversation that cuts that to the night, and Siegfried's, or uh, Reinhardt says, we need to go back to battle. It's time for us to go back to battle. Um, but before then, we cut back and we see the final, the final bit of the conversation between Siegfried and Reinhardt at the statue. At the statue. And so the statue's watching them, but possibly couldn't listen, otherwise he wouldn't have said what he did out loud. Yeah, yeah. But he says, um... The, uh, the, 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 the Galactic Empire yeah. has not existed for the entirety of mankind. Mm-hmm. This man burned down the previous history and built up the Empire himself. Mm-hmm. If because he, he was in it, the right place at the right, right time to do it. If he could do it, why can't I? Mm-hmm. And he says, uh, help me conquer 
you know, help you know help me overthrow this empire or something like that. Yes. And then it cuts back to the future. And it cuts back, or it cuts back to present time, I should say. I, I thought the exchange went, um, uh, he said something, and Siegfried's response is, uh, it was surprise at first, and then dedication and determination, where he says, please make this universe your own. I think he says that when they're, I could have sworn they said that when they were adults, I could be wrong. But that was the line I was about to say. Oh, okay. So yeah, thanks. You're still in my thunder. <laughs> but yeah, he says, Siegfried says, please make this universe universe your own. Yeah. Um, so that's the end of episode three. And episode four, I read what's going to happen in episode four. And we get to see the, um, we get to see uh, Yang's childhood and he where he meets Jean and Jean's childhood friend. Um, shoot, what's her name? I didn't write it down. Because she's not important yet. But let me go ahead and just pull up the description for the next episode here. Okay. Jessica, that's her name. He meets okay. Jessica, who is Jean's childhood friend. Okay, so who are these people? Jean and Jessica? Jean is the guy who told his commander of the Sixth Fleet to go in a loop and attack them from behind. That it was their only chance. And his commander said, no... Where I'm going to turn around about face and face them head on. Now he's the we one don't who know, died. Well, does he die? Yes. Okay, because I know I know the ship blows up, but I also know that they were le they, they were not taking the time to eliminate every single survivor. The bridge blows up. The bridge takes a direct hit. It does. Pretty sure he didn't survive that. I mean, there's a chance he did, but the bridge took a direct hit. So yeah, we'll see. but yeah, no, yeah. So episode four is going to be. Gene's backstory and how he came to be where he's at. So, okay. yeah. Overall, I dig this show. I think it's great. Yeah, it's going to pull out a lot of uh, interesting things. Alright, so I think that concludes our three episodes in for this show. Yeah, I think that's it for this episode, for three episodes in. So, uh, let's go ahead and move on from that to... Okay. Um... Well, so next week... Oh, that's right. Or next, next week. Next week... Um... And it's my turn to pick, and I've decided on, I was browsing through the selection and to saw, and my eye um, caught something that I'd seen in memes and in, uh, in various clips, but I hadn't actually watched the show myself. Mm -hmm. Assassination Classroom. Assassination Classroom. Classroom. I have not actually seen all of the anime, I've only seen the first couple of episodes, but I've read all the manga, uh -huh. and it's awesome. Okay, now... I'm not 100% sure. Does Assassination Classroom make a cameo in... Is that the one that makes a cameo in 50% uh, Off? There's a scene in 50% Off where Nagisa was sent to a different school and like all the kids had to kill each other or something. But no, that, no, no, that they, was a different show. I, they were like, not like, trying, there was, like there was like they're a not trying to kill each other. They're trying to kill their teacher. In, in Assassination Classroom, they are. I read the description that they are trying to kill the teacher. But there's also the, the, like the other clip. It was uh, there was a teddy bear that was half and half. Oh and no, 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 no! That that's Dongoropa. Dongoropa. That's a video game series. That's also they've got some anime episodes. Uh -huh. uh, or I think there's some anime for it, where um, it's it's a uh, it's a murder mystery. Uh -huh. Where one of these students has killed another class member, and you're trying to figure out who it is. Okay. And it's got crazy, over-the-top executions, uh -huh. um, permadeath if you kill the wrong character. Uh -huh. um, so yeah, and every time you play it, it's a different killer. So, okay, so it randomizes who the killer is, and you have mm -hmm. to and you have figure, figure out who it is. Okay, so so that's Dongorompa is what he's in. Okay. Yeah. It's like, 
<laughs> These kind of antics are not welcome in a school environment. <laughs> um, and oh, we, we have a volunteer. Uh, at least we want to watch 50% off again. Anyways, yeah, no. So that, yeah, though, that's Don't Go to Pa. That okay. is not an assassination classroom. All right, I'll Still, put that on another list. You're going to love I'm, assassination, assassination Classroom. We will, I will watch the first three episodes of Assassination Classroom, and we'll be back next week to review it. Okay, uh, that wraps it up for three episodes in. Let's move on to Recommendation of the Week. Alright, the recommendation for the week, uh, I'm going to pick an anime that we're probably not going to do a three episodes in of, because we've already seen it all the way through. Yeah. No Game, No Life. Mm-hmm. This one was just a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really wish they would make more of it. Yeah, I wish they would too. Uh, we have these main protagonists who um, have their have their uh, special abilities and have all their, and their quirks and they're very funny. And uh, I absolutely love what they do to poor Steph. Oh, gosh. They have this character who has all the best intentions, but not all the brains. Yeah. And so they, she and so is they the princess her. of a kingdom. And so they abuse her relentlessly. And, and the, well, there is well, one tell, tell them the plot. Let's, okay. let's see what okay. the plot is before we just jump into the characters in the scenes. Okay. Uh, our main characters are uh, a pair of neats that uh, age like 17 and 11 um, who are teleported to a world where games decide everything. And these two, their only skill set, they have no skill set in life except the ability to win every game ever. Mm -hmm. They can't even be out in public. They can't be apart from each other for more than five seconds. We we see them both controlling four MMO characters... At a time in the first episode. In the first episode. They are conducting a raid on their own. Where one of them has... <laughs> one of them's... Con- they're both hands and feet. Both hands and feet controlling the mouse and the keyboards for each of these characters. Yeah, what, so one... So the guy's hands are controlling a keyboard and mouse for one character. His feet, keyboard and mouse for another character. Repeat that for the girl. That's their setup. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... And they're just kicking butt. When they're given an email saying, would you like to come to a world where winning game... Well, I don't remember the exact expression, but it's uh, it's pretty famous. Yeah, um, yeah. And then they end up getting teleported to uh, this uh, other world where um, there are no wars. But if there are disputes of territory or any anything that uh, somebody wants... A hun- everything is basically 100% gambling on games. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, it's a world where all the gods were constantly at war with each other um, until they destroyed themselves and the god of gaming stepped in and took over. Yes. So everything's now just a giant game because the god of gaming, who looks like a small boy, mm-hmm. is the only god left. And, um, and so he invites these two in because the, the world's becoming boring. The wrong people are winning and the game... And- the god of gaming is getting bored with the status quo, so he pulls mm-hmm. these two people from our world into his, and puts them in, on a path of world domination. Mm-hmm. Um, the 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 first king. Oh my goodness! I just remembered the uh, the uh, objection. Oh gosh! Yeah, no, there. Yeah, there's an objection scene. There, there's a scene that uh, that not only. Is a direct ripoff of 
objection from Phoenix Wright, it actually throws that exact font on the screen. It, it, no, no holds bar. It just mm-hmm. we're parroting this now. Mm-hmm. But no, okay. So they're they they um oh what is it that, so. Uh, they end up becoming the prince, the king and queen of a country because the country's monarch decided that the next king of that country needed to be decided on the winner of a tournament and not his own daughter. Mm-hmm. Now, the, his daughter is entering the tournament because she wants her, she wants to be able to fend the kingdom that she's grown to love and that mm-hmm. her father ruled. And she's not doing it for... she's She's trying to win... For honorable reasons, not just the selfish, this kingdom should have been mine by right. Mm-hmm. But she understood because the king was really bad at playing games and kept losing territory in his country mm-hmm. over and over again. He would challenge these other countries and kept losing until it was the smallest kingdom with only one territory left. Mm-hmm. Um. And then his kingdom would be inherited. Then he wrote everything he learned down in a secret journal and decided that the king of the country would be the person who wins the tournament so they had to be the best player at a kind of game. Mm-hmm. And so our character, so our heroes come in and win that tournament and become the kings and then begin to start challenging and taking over other countries on, on a whole throughout the rest of the series. And they're just... Enjoying themselves way too much, and it's a whole mm-hmm. lot of fun. Yeah, no, it's a it's a very fun show. I wish there was more. I think it's just twelve episodes. Is it eleven, twelve? Maybe there, there's a, there's the twelve episodes yeah. that have been that have come out. Mm-hmm. There's there's more source material. I mm-hmm. couldn't tell you whether it was a manga or a light novel to begin it's with. It's light novel. It's a light novel. Started off as light mm-hmm. novel. Okay, um, so there's more material there, but it uh, just doesn't look like they're going to make more anime, which is really sad. Nope. Nope. Okay. Uh, so that's our recommendation for the week. And now I'm going to go ahead and tell you our creator shout out. That's my responsibility this week. And our creator shout out this week is The Longest Johns. Tell me about The Longest Johns. The Longest Johns. They are a um, shanty singing group. They sing sea shanties. And they do a fantastic job at it. Um, I, uh, a game came out recently called Sea of Thieves. Every time I watched it, like either a trailer for it or like you know even a let's play of it it just looked like the most boring thing to me mm-hmm. and i don't want to say to my own horn and say i was right but a lot of people say that it's incredibly repetitive like there's there's like three quests you can do over and over and over again and that's the entire game uh, that's a shame um but when it first came out the longest johns had a three hour stream where they sang sea shanties while playing this game for three hours for three hours and they tour europe um i think they're from the uk Mm -hmm. um and they tour tour europe uh england um england is part of europe i don't know where else they tour but they sing uh, tahiti is not tahiti is yeah they sing uh (laughs) yeah they sing sea shanties and i Uh heard them sing uh, Drunken Sailor, and it was the best rendition of Drunken Sailor I've ever heard. Um, now, Assassin's Creed 4 mm-hmm. is the one where you play a pirate. Yes. You're an assassin who is also... A, you're a pirate who joins the assassins, pretty much. Yes. Um, and one of my favorite things about that game is that you collect sea shanties, and as you're sailing through the sea, your men sing sea shanties. Like, you know how in... Um, in uh, um, 
Grand Theft Auto or other games, you have a radio that you can go ahead and change the channel on and stuff like that. Sure. Well, in this one, rather than listening to a radio and listening to rap or rock and roll or pop or something like that, you're hearing sea shanties. And I absolutely loved that little aspect they threw in there. And so seeing a bunch of singers sing sea shanties uh-huh. while playing a pirate game as bad as it was um was just absolutely delightful um so yeah they've got a channel on youtube with with most of their music i think they've got their albums online as well for free to purchase mm-hmm. um but yeah i want to give a shout out to the longest johns for um just doing something awesome like that all right well thank you very much uh is there anything else you want to talk about tonight nope i think we're good fantastic well thank you all for joining us i've been andrew i've been lee and this is whitaker weekly have a great week signing off Thank <music> you.